Hi, my name is Hazel Stryker, and I'm a sophomore at Park Christian School. This year in youth group, our theme was There Is More, talking about how God offers us more than the world could ever offer us. We chose this theme after Challenge last summer, which is a week-long conference in Kansas City with a bunch of different youth groups. There's like 4,000 kids there, and we had 20 or 30 from our own youth group drive the eight hours eight hours down there, and it was a lot of fun. I would highly recommend it for anybody else that has the opportunity to go in future years. The whole week, the speakers talked about how there is more. There is more than just living like the world, but that life with God provides joy, provides peace, and provides hope in Him. This was such an impactful conference through the the workshops, the speakers, the small group, the worship, the service projects, that we continue to focus on this theme of more the entire year. One of the theme verses we had was Isaiah 55, eight and nine. So if you'll open up your Bibles with me to Isaiah 55, um, we'll start at the beginning of the chapter. Isaiah 55. Come, all you who are thirsty, come to the waters, and you who have no money, come, buy and eat. By wine and milk, without money and without cost. Why spend money on what is not bread, and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me, and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give ear and come to me. Listen, that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. See, I have made him a witness to the peoples. Surely, a ruler and a commander of the peoples. Surely you will summon nations you know not, and nations you do not know will come running to you because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has endowed you with splendor. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and he will have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will freely pardon. Now, here's verses 8 and 9, our theme verses. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So this entire chapter of Isaiah 55 is an invitation. It's an invitation from God to his people, the Israelites, inviting them to trust him with their worries, with their needs, with their futures. And in verses one through five, it says to come to him if they are thirsty or hungry and listen to his voice. God is showing his care for the nation of Israel and how he will provide for them. But it's not only an invitation, it's also a rebuke. In verses six through seven, God says to seek him instead of wickedness, to forsake their unrighteous ways and to turn to God who is merciful and forgiving. And all of this builds up to verses eight and nine, which say that the thoughts and the actions of the Israelites are not aligning with those of God. His ways are higher and his ways are better than those of any sinful human. If you've read much of the Old Testament at all, you've probably noticed a common theme. The Israelites will start walking in God's commands and following his ways and what they want for them as a people and them individually, but then they'll fall into sin and fall away from what he desires for them. Then he'll rebuke them in some form, often with a judge or maybe a prophet, such as Isaiah, and they'll mock him, they'll rebuke, they'll, oh, sorry, they'll mock him and they'll ignore him, and, but eventually they'll turn back to God until they fall away again, and the cycle repeats and repeats. 
God in his mercy, though, he continues to forgive and invites them back into his thoughts and his ways. Isaiah 55 is just one example of one of these invitations. But what does walking in God's thoughts and walking in his ways, what does that actually look like? In Psalm chapter one, we see a description of godly living. It reads like this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the, seat of, in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and he meditates on it day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season, and its leaf does not wither. In all he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So these verses describe two ways, two paths that one can take in life. First, it lays out the path of the righteous, the, the one who follows God's plan and will. This person doesn't give in to temptation and is immersed in God's word. The second path is the path of the wicked. This person follows their own sinful, selfish desires and doesn't follow God's commands and plans for their life. The psalmist warns against leading this life of sin and rebellion, but the person who returns to God when they fall into, into temptation, follows him and trusts his ways, will prosper and spend eternity with him. In Isaiah 55 verse 9, the second half of one of our theme verses, it says that as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. He's declaring that he is a holy, just, and a perfect God, and his plan is far better than what our limited minds see as ideal in the moment. Our plans are often selfish and aren't as God's ways. We should trust Jesus, the Lamb of God, whose ways are higher than our ways. And let us join with the thousands of angels who, in Revelation 5, 12 through 13, are praising him, saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain, to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. To him who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Hello, my name is Kaylin Wyland, and I am a sophomore at Park Christian School, and I also attend the youth group here at Salem. I'm here today to talk a little bit on one of our theme verses this year, John 10.10. 10. So to start, I'm going to read that for us this morning. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and have it to the fullest. Another translation would say, to have life abundantly. The abundant life comes when we are fully given up and committed to God and his plan for us. The abundant life isn't being super rich or having the things of this world. John 1.4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The abundant life is being with God and living for God. What does the abundant life look like? Sometimes we don't realize that we praise things of this world every day. Now, I'm sure as you have all noticed, I brought up a piece of chocolate cake with me. If I told you that this was the best chocolate cake ever, I wouldn't have needed someone to explain to me how to tell you that this cake was so good. It would be automatic for me to praise the chef who made this masterpiece. But what does that have to do with the abundant life? 
To explain this, I need to tell you about my experience with the abundant life. If you don't know me very well, I absolutely love music and I love to sing. I've been doing it ever since I was little. Just ask my mom. One thing I've really grown to love is being on worship team for youth group and my chapel team at school. And earlier this year, I thought about what worship was and why we do worship. And I discovered that the art of worship was first to praise God. Worship for me is a way to use my gifts and talents to glorify God and what he has done for us. And I feel like that is the real reason worship leaders should guide others in worship. It's not to be on stage. It's not something that needs to happen every Sunday because it's a tradition. It's giving up your struggles, your joys, and your life to God. People do this in many ways, but I believe at the heart of it, that's all worship is. It's our automatic praise to God in response to ways we are experiencing him. It is for God and a way to communicate with God. People always tell me after leading worship um, that I do a great job. And don't get me wrong, it's important to encourage others, and God calls us to do that. But I don't want people to see me when I worship. I want people to see God and actually talk to him. And maybe you felt this way before, but sometimes when I'm singing, I just have to close my eyes and think about what I'm saying. Because if I don't, my mind starts to stray, and I start thinking about things like what I look like, what others think of me while I'm singing, or I start to get scared that if I mess up, it will ruin worship for everyone. God touches people in his own way at his own time. Missing an entrance or singing the harmony wrong is not gonna interrupt people's interaction with God if they're worshiping the way worship was originally meant to be, which is just having a conversation with our lover and our creator. Worship can be many different things when you're using the gifts that God gave you, but I want us to push for worship to be more, than, more real than just singing because it's something we do every Sunday. I want people to see how, God, how much God loves them and what he did for us on the cross. I want the Holy Spirit to move through my church, my school, my youth group, through the kind of worship that goes all the way back to the Bible, just falling on our knees or raising our hands and giving everything to Christ. The last thing I want to end with is John 4:24, and it says, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Worship can be so powerful if we view our lives as being in Christ. I believe that the thief is here, and he is trying to steal our hope and our relationship with God. So we need to fight every single day against the devil and worship can be such a huge help and reminder of his love for us if we take the focus off of us and put it on God. We can't worship God like he is another thing of this world because he isn't. We take for granted all that God is. He is a judge, he is a father, he is the way, the truth, and the life. He is a shepherd, he is our salvation, and so much more. Maybe you haven't had the chocolate cake, and that's why you aren't compelled to share Christ's love with others. Maybe you aren't experiencing the abundant life that God promises. And if that's you, I want you to know that there is a God who loved you so very much that he gave up his only son to die for your sins. And Jesus did die. But three days later, he rose again and took away all the sins of those who would trust in him. So I encourage you today to trust in him, dig into the chocolate cake, and share your experiences with others. Let's pray. 
God, I thank you so much for this beautiful day. I pray that you would touch everyone here this morning and be with them for the rest of their week. I pray that you would give them the courage to hear your words and truly think about living their lives for you and everything that they do. Amen. Uh, howdy. <clears throat> so my name is Sammy, and I'm a sophomore at Cheyenne High School. And today, I will be telling you about the Loft's theme. So at the Loft this year, alongside our two verses, which we've just learned about, we have a, time, we have, we have a theme sorry, for the lessons that we are learning. God is more than we can ever comprehend, and through Jesus and the indwelling Holy Spirit, he offers us more than this world could ever offer us. There are many elements of our lives that we frequently take for granted. A comfortable house, easy access to necessities and resources, you know, the grocery store, kitchen, a running tap, electricity, education, that's hard, I take that for granted a lot. <laughs> and it's so incredibly easy to forget that there are millions of people who don't have this. There are millions of God's children who are lacking in this. And I believe that this theme is a calling to be grateful for all of these things and to do more with them. So through the undying love of God, the salvation brought to us by Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit, each and every one of us is given the strength to do something meaningful with our lives, something more. Through the Holy Trinity, all of us can do ministry. Through the Holy Trinity, there is more. And we are blessed enough to have the resources for it. All of that stuff I listed at the beginning, those are resources and tools that we have to spread the word, however we are called to do it. That this theme is a calling to take all of these blessings that we take for granted, to realize how lucky we are to have them, and to do something with them, something more. And ministry doesn't have to be mission trips or pastoring. All of us have a unique calling. One of my favorite verses, 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, says this. There are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them, and in everyone, it is the same God at work. God has a different ministry for each of us. And when you start living out that life, you can tell the difference. Your life's circumstances might not change immediately, but your outlook on them can. You feel the more that you've been missing. So I'm a sophomore in high school, and I'm taking AP Seminar. And if you don't know what that is, consider yourself very lucky. Um, and if you really want to know about it, let's just say it was kind of a challenge to have time to write this message this week because most of it belonged to a research paper. So yeah, school has been harder than normal this year, and that's been tough on me. My attitude about doing schoolwork and also spending time with God has been more lacking because of it. I've been struggling to do the bare minimum, let alone more. But recently thanks to some encouragement from Doug Johnson and Brady Huberger, shout out, um, I've been getting back into the Word. And that has helped me a ton. When I bring God to the forefront of my life, I'm reminded and encouraged in the ministry He has for me. I feel more lively. I'm more focused on my work and my, my cave time. I'm a lot less angry, although maybe seminar pushes it sometimes. And I found myself spending a lot more time praying and re reaching out to others which I kind of feel is that my calling, my ministry. So when you give your life to God, you wake up to the plan he has for you and the ministry he's leading, to you, leading you to, 
becomes more and more clear. And so that's what I think this, uh, that our theme means. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. Way to go, Adam. That was awesome. Can we give one more round of applause for all of our students and putting this together? My name is Zoe Bundy. I am a senior at Davies High School, and I'm super excited to be here with you. Before we close out our time of worship and learning from the speakers, I wanted to highlight a few ways to take home what we've talked about. The first way that we can practice John 10.10, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, and accepting God's call of more is through cave time. In a daily time of quietness with the Lord, I encourage you to reflect on the fullness of life that God has already given you. As John 10.10 points out, God has made our lives with a purpose and he desires for us to live it to the fullest. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, we also read that God's plans are higher. Are we surrendering everything to God and his plans? God wants all of us. He doesn't just want what we're comfortable giving him. He wants everything. And if we aren't giving that all to him, what do we need to let go of in order to be closer to him? I love what comes later in John 10 because it says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own sheep and they know me. When we, we grow closer to the Lord, he gives us wisdom and confidence in our steps. I had a lady that told me last week, I don't need to read my Bible because I can just grow closer to the Lord in other ways. And here's the truth. As people made in God's image, we have to know our creator. It's hard to be an image bearer of something that we don't know the image of. So it is vital in our walk with the Lord to be growing in personal time with him through scripture and prayer. He knows what's best, which takes a huge burden off of our shoulders to be perfect and have it all together. God gave us a life of purpose, peace, and power. Accept that invitation through cave time. The second way that we can grow is through table time, our relationships with others. Once you have spent time on your own in God's word, connect with other believers and pray for them intentionally. There have been seasons of my life where I'm so wrapped up in evangelism and getting as many new believers to come to know Christ that I forget to pray for my fellow believers. And the truth is, is that they need prayer too, because living life as a believer is not always easy. Spiritual warfare, frustration, temptation, anxiety, they can all be extremely difficult at times. It's important that we reach out to one another, ask how we can be praying for people, actually pray for them, and follow up on it. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, so we have to join together to defend against that. When you put on your daily armor, ask God to equip your brothers and sisters in ministry that they would be able to do so as well. Lastly, I wanna challenge you to take this on the road. Every single one of us in here has influence. There are people that we interact with on a daily basis at school, at the grocery store, with our family, with our friends. Ask God to create divine moments with those people and that he would open their hearts to hear the gospel. Then. Be willing to take that step of faith and share the good news with them. There is so much more that God has to offer us, and we get to invite people to experience that as well. 
Where you are is where your mission field is, so it is super important that you reach out to those around you. One of my favorite parts of Isaiah 55 is earlier on when it says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. See, the gospel is for everyone. In every single season and stage of our lives, God is inviting us into relationship with him. Faithfully accept that call to live a life according to his plans and be willing to go where he leads, even if it's uncomfortable. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We have the privilege of living life to the fullest and taking others with us. No matter what, we can trust God because he sent Jesus to give us an abundant life. It's a free gift. Now, if you haven't realized it, even when the sunshine is out, the stars are still out during the day. But it's the darkness that illuminates them so that we get to see them. In the same way, there is darkness all around us. We live in a broken world. But as the light of Jesus and as people who have been equipped to share the good news, we are also the stars that shine during the day and get especially illuminated in the darkness. So wherever you're going, live out your mission field. As students, we look up to all of you in the church. Don't let us down. <laughs> live equipped, live sent, and live on a mission to make Jesus known daily and follow him with your whole heart. God is more than we could ever comprehend. He offers us more, his plans are higher, and he knows what's best. He came to give us an abundant life. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for today and this time that we get to gather together. I pray that as we go throughout our week and just this season of life that we are in, that you would help us, our words and actions, to bring you honor and glory. Help us as we face the lion's den of temptation and doubt and fear, I pray that you would help us face it with joy and to remember that you're always right beside us. I pray that you would remind us that the thing that matters most is knowing you and helping others know you as well. Give us a great week of fellowship with others and help us to be strong in our relationship with you. Amen.